So today, um, I'm going to speak to you for just a very few minutes about overcoming obstacles in our lives. How many people here have to overcome obstacles in their daily life? Come on. <laughs> we all do. I know I do. Every single day it seems like it's something. Have you ever said, man, it's always something. <laughs> it's always something. Well, that's okay. I'm here to tell you that's okay today. I want to tell you a quick story. Did anybody see me walking around church this morning in a t-shirt? Some of you did. Some of you didn't. Most of you <laughs> Brother Terry did. The enemy has been trying to discourage me this morning. From the time I woke up until the time I got here, he's been planting seeds of discouragement in my mind, I believe, or attacking me, let's put it that way. And I just spoke against that. I spoke against it in prayer. I spoke against it in victory. I spoke against it according to the word of God. Told him to get behind me, flee from me, leave me alone. I am more than a conqueror in this world. You have no hold on me. And believe me, I was feeling good. I felt like God was just going to give me a victory. And I still believe that. Then I got to church. I got out of my car and locked my keys in my car. And in the car was my Bible, my notes of what I was going to share with you today, and the clothes that I was going to wear, <laughs> except for the T-shirt I had on. And so I guess, and the thing is, we called AAA, and I just prayed right there, Lord, let's get them here on time, so I'll get those notes. But you know, whatever it was, whatever would have happened, it would have been okay, because God's in control of every circumstance. And I had just decided that I was not going to be discouraged by that. I was not going to be set aside, and if he didn't show up, I was going to come up here and preach this sermon without any notes. And you know what? I believe that as I'm standing here right now, that God is a victory-giving God. He's a God that brings us through things that are trying to discourage us. And he also does that in things that may throw obstacles in our path. And one of the things that uh, I'm going to share with you today is a story that you may know. Uh, maybe some of you don't know, about Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was a blind man. And we're going to read today from Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 10. If not, we're going to put these on the screen for you. Starting in verse 46, reading through uh, verse 52. And this would be reading from the English Standard Version. And it starts at verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, speaking of Jesus, Mark is speaking of Jesus now. As he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David. Have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. 
Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now asking you for your anointing and your presence in every word that is spoken today, Lord. I just ask that everything that is said is what you would have said, that this would be for anyone that you have it for in this house today, Lord, that every word would be for an encouraging and special time for everyone that is in this place today under your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this story of Bartimaeus is interesting, and there's a few things I want to just go through, but I want to just sort of let you help me, if you will, just visualize this story. Now, here's Jesus. He's leaving the city of Jericho, and he's walking on the road to Jerusalem. In fact, in Mark chapter 11, the very next thing that's recorded is the triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. So he's leaving, and everyone, it's not just Jesus and his followers, the people who who have gathered with him and his disciples, it's people who are going to the city of Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. Now, the Feast of the Passover is a big deal. It's uh, a festival. It's a a good time. There's a lot of uh, active things that are going on. And on this road, um, many people believed that there were a lot of things that were happening as people were traveling to Jerusalem, making it a festival-like atmosphere where people were active and happy and, 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 and joyous. And there were even people selling goods on the side of the road and calling out. It was a very uh, upbeat and active time as people were coming into the city of Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. So here's Jesus and his followers going in this uh, in this group heading to Jerusalem, and there was this man on the side of the road. Now, this is chronicled in the Synoptic Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, But this is told a little differently in each, but this is coming from Mark's account. There's a man sitting by the uh, roadside, and his name was Bartimaeus. Now, Bartimaeus was blind. It is apparent he was blind from the time he was born. So in his entire life, he had spent without ever seeing anything in complete darkness. And according to what the scripture says, he was a beggar. Now, in the days of, uh, of, of Bartimaeus, when he was there, he would be what we would call today like a homeless person. He had no home, according to anything that we understand. He had no people to take care of him. He was a person that was just destitute. Now, if you think about being blind... That alone is something that I think would be one of the biggest challenges to try to get through your life doing that. Not minimizing anything else. I just think being blind, not being able to see anything that you're doing would be very, very difficult. Especially back in those days when they didn't have services, they didn't have social security or disability or, uh, or other community services or, or things, welfare, things that can come in and help you. The only way you had to survive unless you had someone to take care of you was begging for money to eat. That's all you could do. And this was the plight of Bartimaeus. He was sitting on the side of the road begging for money every day. Now, I don't know about about you, but if that were me in that situation, or if I knew someone, I should say, in that situation, I would consider that to be a very sad state of affairs for that individual. Bartimaeus was not a person that had any reason for hope or for joy. But what he was is a person that was sitting on the road where Jesus and his followers were coming through heading to Jerusalem. Now, one thing also about Bartimaeus that had to, even though he was blind, 
And even though there weren't mass communications, there wasn't social media, there weren't things to distribute all of the things, at this point Jesus had been in his ministry for about three years. So the word of his miracles and his healings and his teachings and all the wonderful things of his ministry had reached the ears of Bartimaeus at some point because he knew that Jesus is someone who could do something for him. That's why he called out to him. So now, uh, as, as, uh, as he is sitting on the side of the road, sad condition that he is, here comes Jesus and his group. I imagine that's a very active scene. A lot of people around Jesus, very excited. That was the, that was the environment. A lot of people have likened him to have called it like he's a rock star in today's terminology. He was walking through, and Bartimaeus heard that he was coming, and he called out to him. And he said some very important things. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And at that point, all the people around him, I'm just trying to let you just sort of visualize this. All the people around him, the Bible says actually in in one translation, sternly rebuked him. Now, rebuking him is one thing. Sternly rebuking him is another. He was being told, don't bother Jesus, man of no significance, man of no importance, beggar, poor person. Don't bother him. He's got other things to do. He's got to get to Jerusalem. Don't bother him. Leave him alone. I can hear it right now. Sternly rebuking him, calling out. But what did Bartimaeus do? He he cried out. He wasn't going to be denied. And he cried out again. And he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And at that point, Jesus stopped. He looked, and he said, come here to me. And as Bartimaeus heard that, all the people then said, oh, hey, Bartimaeus, he wants you to come to him. Come on, you've been chosen. Get up. Now all of a sudden they were his friends. They're helping him up, I'm sure. He stood to his feet. I'm sure he's blind. He's trying to feel his way over to Jesus. And as he gets over there, Jesus asks him a very profound, but very significant thing, I think, for us. And the question that he asks is, what do you want me to do for you? Now, why did Jesus ask that? He didn't need to ask that. He didn't need to ask that question. He knew exactly what Bartimaeus needed. He knew it before he left Jericho. He asked because he wanted Bartimaeus to tell him, to confess to him, what is it that you want? Bartimaeus simply said, Rabbi, I just want to see. I just want my sight. And at that point, Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has healed you. I'm paraphrasing from what we read earlier. Go. One translation says, Go your way. Go your way. Your faith has healed you. Not that I've done something great. Not look at me. I'm going to put, he did, there was no record of him like laying hands on him or anything. He just simply said, go, your faith has healed you. Not what Jesus actually did in any way. It was the power of God, of course, that healed him. But he said, your faith has healed you. So, see, I believe at that point in the life of this man that we can look at, he had to overcome a lot of things to get to Jesus. He had to overcome a crowd. He could have gotten discouraged. He had to overcome the fact that he couldn't see. He had to overcome the fact that probably he was ashamed to be a beggar on the side of the street having to beg for money. Had nothing to his name. Had no status. Had nothing to offer. But yet, he was determined that he was going to reach Jesus. And I believe at that 
point, there were four things, four particular things that Bartimaeus did that activated his faith. And that's what I really want to kind of share with you today. That Bartimaeus' faith was activated when he called Jesus the Messiah. Now, when he says son of David, that was acknowledging that he's the Messiah. In his heart, he believed that Jesus was the one true God, that he was the son of God sent here to fulfill prophecy and be uh, here to die for the sins of many. He knew that in his heart that he was the Messiah. Otherwise, you would not call him the son of David. Most everyone else was calling him Jesus of Nazareth at that time. So when he called out son of David, that acknowledged to Jesus and anyone around that Bartimaeus believed, you're the Messiah. At that point, that was a step that he took that activated his faith. The next thing he did is he stood up. Once he got on his feet, he's telling himself and everyone else, I'm standing up expecting something. I'm standing up because I know he's the Messiah, and I am expecting something because I'm going to get to my feet right now. That activated and released his faith in his heart. The next thing he did, and we'll talk about this in a minute, is he took his cloak, tossed it aside. And remember that. He took his cloak and he tossed it aside just before he made his way to Jesus. When he did that, he activated his faith in his heart. And then he started moving toward Jesus. How many of us need to move toward him every day? Move toward him every day. Let's walk toward him. And the word of God says that he will draw close to us as we draw close to him. Bartimaeus started walking toward Jesus. Blindly, probably feeling his way, people helping him get there. He didn't know how he was going to get there, but he was making his way to Jesus. That activated his faith. And at that point, those things were released, and Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith, because you know I'm the Messiah, you stood up, you tossed your cloak aside, and you made your way to me. You're exercising your faith. You're activating your faith. At that point, Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has healed you. How many of us need healing in our lives, in our bodies, in our mind, in our jobs, in our employment, in our families? Whatever it is where we need God to come in and intervene in that situation. In order for that to happen, we've got to activate our faith, folks. We've got to be activated and release our faith in believing that God is going to do the things that he already wants to do for us. There's so many places that the Bible talks about faith. I want to just give you a few verses that are encouraging to me and I hope will be to you. 1 John 5, 4. And this is a verse that is being read from the Amplified Version. It says, For everyone everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. That's important in the Amplified Version. Our continuing and our persistent faith in Jesus. In Jesus, the Son of God. If we want to overcome obstacles in our lives, if we want to overcome the world, if we want to have victory, as this verse indicates, what do we need to do? We need to have persistent, continuing faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? Matthew 21, 22. Now, if we can do that, if we can have that, 
continuing persistent faith that allows us to conquer and overcome, we can live on this verse too. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. How many people believe that today? How many people believe the Bartimaeus believe that today? If he didn't believe anything else, he believed that. He was asking, expecting, and believing to receive in his heart. That faith was activated, and it was released. And he was healed as a result of it. And then Hebrews eleven six. this is another important thing about faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and I've always loved this King James Version, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Bartimaeus, although he may not have known about this, because obviously this was written after this account, but that's what he was doing. He was, he was exercising his faith. He was pleasing God as he was doing that. And just as the word of God indicates there, Bartimaeus was rewarded. He was diligently pursuing and seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, calling the Messiah. And at that moment, faith was rising up in his heart, believing and expecting a miracle for him. And the next thing you know, he can see. He can see. That's what we need to do. We need to activate our faith, release our faith, just like he did. Let it rise up in our heart. And that's when God really comes to the scene and brings us miraculous answers when we really, as the, as the other one ended, continuing and persistently by faith, believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So there's a couple of things within that story I'd like to just unpack and discuss a little bit. So as the story of, of Bartimaeus was, I would say to each of us and I would say to me, I stand here today, that there should never be anyone who keeps me from giving to my deepest and most intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they're on the side of the road telling me you're not important, don't bother him, don't do that, or anything else that would distract me. That can be members of my uh, co-workers. It can be people that are uh, in my family, that got silence real quick. It can be people that might be a husband or wife. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to ask everybody, that's what Billy said today, I'm going to go leave my husband. <laughs> not what I'm saying. That would require a deeper level of counseling if there's that kind of an issue. But I will say this, that you don't want anyone, it doesn't matter who it is, to stand in the way of what God has for you. Don't let any person, no matter who they are, stand in your way. For all Bartimaeus knew, he could have just, I mean, he could have just given up on all those people. I imagine they were crowding him out, too. I could just see a big crowd around him. He's yelling over the crowd. They were probably just saying, get away, get away, and just sort of crowding him out and, and, and surrounding Jesus. He had every reason in the world to quit. But you know what? He didn't know that at the time, but that was the last time Jesus was going to walk down that road. That was the last time that Jesus was walking down that road because he was going to the cross. That was his destiny. That was where he was headed. But no one knew that at the time. But if Bartimaeus had have left that opportunity and not done it at that moment in time, he would have lost forever his opportunity to 
see for the rest of his life. Because he, 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 he felt, I believe in his heart, that his faith needed to rise up right now and not wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed, everyone. Say that with me. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Today is the day, and today is the only day that we can come to the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that we need to have, that we want to have, and that we should have, that will allow us to have everything that He wants for us. Give yourself away, we sing today. Today is the day to do that. Never tomorrow. And that's what Bartimaeus did. He didn't listen to those around him. He said, today's my day. Today's the day I'm taking my healing. I know he's the Messiah. I'm standing up, tossing my cloak aside, and I'm walking towards him because I know that's where the answer is. That's where the answer is. Don't let anyone stop you from getting to that. Another thing is don't let anything stop you from getting to a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. He loves us. He's the lover of our soul. Don't let anything. So now there are things that we may have that might be more important to us. It could be things like a car. It could be uh, a record collection, a gun collection, a knife collection. I, I don't know, a motorcycle. It could be any material thing that you could put your finger on. Now, I'm not saying at all that there's anything wrong with having those things. Make sure you understand that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this, and I will say this declaratively and absolutely, that if any of those things, whatever they might be, are more important to you than pursuing a deeper and more intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're missing it. You're missing it. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to live in the fullness of everything that he has for you. And the only way we could do that is to do what Bartimaeus did. And what he did in symbolizing that, I believe, is when he took that cloak and cast it aside. Now, for him, that was like a lot of things that we have. Probably, and I feel fairly certain of that, considering he was a destitute beggar blind sitting on the side of the road. The only thing he really had were the clothes on his back. That's it. He was begging for money to eat every day. So this cloak that he has back in the days uh, at, at that time, he needed that thing. If he needed anything, he needed that because that's going to keep him warm at night. And, in fact, they used cloaks to create shade for themselves during the day. So if you've got something that is all you have, and it's what keeps you warm at night and what keeps you out of the sun during the day, and you're casting that aside, that's something of significance to him. So my message to you today is, what is that thing in your life that has more significance, whatever it might be, than getting closer to him? Ask yourself that question. I don't need to know what it is, but ask yourself that question. I ask myself that question. What is it that is my cloak. What do I need to cast aside to activate my complete and total reliance on Him to give me and meet every need that I have? There is nothing, no home, no car, no bank account, no anything that's more important than a deeper, closer walk with Him. Nothing. So don't let anything do that. In fact, 
says in uh, Matthew 6.24 that we can't have that choice. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now take money, not just to be cash or currency. Take money and think about it in the sense that you can't divide what your priorities are between anything that is of significance to you. If it's money, then it's money. If it's cars, then it's cars. If it's if it's whatever it is, you know what it is. If it's speaking to you in your heart right now, you know what it is. That would prevent you from getting closer to Him. In James 4, 4, it says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, who wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, I don't want to make any enemies today. But here's the thing. We can't be friends with the world, people. I didn't hear anybody say anything after that. We can't be friends with the world, people. We can love them. We can be compassionate to them. But we cannot be a part of it. We are to be separate. That's where we need to be. And Bartimaeus, I believe, totally realized that. He realized that, look, I got one thing and one thing only that I'm going to go toward, and that's Jesus. <laughs> that's him. That's all. He didn't have anything else. Now, much, many people say, well, he didn't have anything else to distract him. Well, he had that cloak. The one thing he had about you, the Bible says he cast it aside. He cast it aside. And material things, we've all heard sermons about this before. We've talked about it. Material things, no matter how small or how large they are, that are more of a priority or of more importance or occupy more of our brain space than getting closer to him are things that we need to deal with. There are things that I need to deal with. Okay, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to us today. We all need that. And that's something that we constantly have to kind of calibrate ourselves to. There's an old wonderful song, and many of you may know it, and many of you may not. The words of it went like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Strangely dim. Those things of the world don't matter, folks. They don't matter. Don't let anyone and don't let anything keep you from getting to that closer walk with Jesus. doesn't matter if it's sin. Don't let that stop you. If it's a relationship that's improper, don't, and that could be a, a, a romantic relationship, be a friendship, whatever it is, don't let that stop you from getting closer. Anything at all. The next thing is, when we come to the Lord, we need to tell Him what we need. Now, why do we need to do that? He already knows what we need, right, the Bible says. He knows what we need before we even ask. Because we understand that. Why do we need to do that? Because I think there is an activation of our faith rising up in us when we say, Lord, this is what I need from you today. This is what even I want from you today. And hopefully those things are usually in alignment, the wants and the needs. But here's the thing. Do what Bartimaeus did. Just tell him simply. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to have a lot 
lot of other things attached to it. He said, look, Rabbi, I want to see. That was it. I want to see. So, and I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want anybody afterwards saying, you know, I was just thinking about that. That's great. I'm going to say I need to win the lottery. <laughs> I, need to, I need somebody, a, a rich uh, uh, relative I didn't know about to leave me a million dollars. That's not what it is. You know that. What we want to do is ask things in accordance to what he wants for us, what his will is in our lives. And really what we need to be wanting, in addition to specific things, is to always be asking, how can I come closer? How can I go deeper? How can I be more intimate with you today? How can I do that today? So when Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He was asking that question for Bartimaeus to say what he wanted, but he was also putting that in the Scripture. So you and I today, on September 4th, 2016, would be able to talk about it and know we need to speak and confess to him what we want him to do in our lives, in our prayer life. Let's do that. So don't shortchange yourself. Okay? Don't shortchange shortchange yourself by not asking him and tell him what it is. Have you ever heard the story about the people that were, um, (laughs) there were were three people on a a boat, I guess, that was sinking. And uh, and the the one guy came up on, I think, a, a jet ski or something, and he said, hey, why don't you come on with us? He goes, no, the Lord's going to take care of me. And then another guy, a boat, came up and said, hey, why don't you come on with us? Your boat's sinking. No, the Lord's going to take care of me. And then another person came by on another uh, raft and said, hey, come on on with us. Your boat's sinking. No, the Lord's going to take care of me. Unfortunately, the boat sank. He died and wound up in heaven. And he said, Lord, why didn't you save me? And he said, look, I've seen a jet ski, a boat, and a raft. (laughs) What more do you want me to do? Sometimes we have to... We, we have to not only ask, but we have to believe that the answer is going to be coming right in front of us. And don't forget to look for it because he's got it there for us. That's what he wants for us. So the last thing that Bartimaeus did that I think is something that we need to do, and this is just, I thought this was really, as I thought and dwelled on this, is something that really popped out to me, is that in the, in the scripture it says, Go your way. And there's a lot of different translations of that. But Jesus said, go your way. That was giving him a choice. It was giving him a choice to say, go wherever you want to go. Now, if you're Bartimaeus and you just got your sight back, there might have been some options for you. Maybe you wanted to go and get with your friends or go find people that you had talked to before and say, hey, look, I can see. I want to experience all these things that I've never been able to do because I couldn't see it. I want to go look at birds in the trees or I want to go, you know, look at the water babbling down a brook or whatever the case may be. Or I want to go have a big party with my friends. He had choices to make. Jesus said, just like he does to us, go your way. What Bartimaeus did was, is that scripture says, he followed him. He followed him. He got his fleet, first time he could see, coat cast aside, and he was walking one step in front of the other, following Jesus into Jerusalem. That's what he did. So he says, go your way. And he says, I know where I'm going. I'm going with you, man. (laughs) I'm headed 
description of the guy that just healed me. That's where I'm headed today. And my encouragement to you is to overcome obstacles in your life. Do that. Follow him. Take him where he lead, where he's leading you. Let him take you where he's leading you. See, Bartimaeus had a physical thing he could do because Jesus was right there and he followed him down the road. Instead of going any other number of directions he could have gone, he followed Jesus. So the encouragement is to us, let's follow him in everything that we do. Don't let anyone or anything stop us from his leading, from him doing what he wants to do in our lives. Don't let that happen. Because there's nothing in the world that could be more powerful than what he wants to do for you. There is nothing you can seek or that you will find that's more powerful than what he wants to do for each of you in this room today. And so there's another song that I thought about in this part of just where today we can follow Jesus. I like to call myself a Christ follower. You know, I'm a Christian, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not just a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. And I want to follow him everywhere. But, you know, I can't physically follow him and see him like following down the road like Bartimaeus did. But what I can do is I can follow him where he leads me. I can follow him where he leads me. And if I do all of the things that I was talking about here today, I'll know where he's leading me. I'll know where he's leading me. And there's a great song, too, an older song, again, for those of you that do know it and some of you that may not. Where he leads me, I will follow. 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 Just bow your head.